The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. I'm just about that action, boss. Yes, sir. We are back here with another edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You know me, you know the guy, you know the voice. It's me, really real villain world twelve from a junior at your service. And we're back here another week of NFL totals with my guy Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. Good to be back. Looking forward to breaking down the week 10 card. Should be fun. I uh, can truly say I watched zero of the Monday Night Football game last night, and it appears I won because that was a hell of a decision to make. That game looked like garbage. <laughs> it's primetime, man. Primetime games are just it's not primetime. It's primetime Andy Dalton. Oh, yeah. This like That's I rough. think he's I, I, they, ugh, I can't even talk. I think they just said, said last night like he has now like the worst primetime record of of all time i think he's like worse that. than cousins it's close no it's no it's worse than cousins for yeah. sure but it's like somebody else that was way back that had like a really bad primetime record and he just passed him as well so yeah primetime andy dalton doesn't get enough flack from the league i got to assume he's going to be benched for winston but we'll see what happens i don't even know that team's screwed yeah i don't know what's wrong with winston it just seems like he just well, he had a fracture, I thought, in like his neck or like his back or something. That's why yeah, he like originally... it was like, but it, he got injured week one, and then it was like he kind of played, then they sat him down, and then in their know. defense, they did lose to the Panthers, which is almost impossible to do. That was with rule, by the way. They lost to the Panthers, so they had to yeah, try yeah. something. But yeah, Andy Dalton ain't it. They're better yeah. off using Taysom Hill at this point. Like it doesn't matter. Your season's over. No, so I'm trying to figure out when Taysom Hill is going to be the answer. Like it just feels like you have. A hurt Jameis, you have an Andy Dalton that can't get anything done. You might as well roll Taysom Hill out there because when they had Taysom Hill at quarterback, they won games. Can we just can we just start setting up the like Mike Shanahan Tebow offense already and just have Taysom Hill run the ball twenty times a game? Can yeah, we just have I that mean, going? it it was working for the Bears for a little bit. It, it was, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, man. I'm waiting. I'm not a big fan of Taysom Hill. I really not. But it just seems like. You got to put yourself in a position to win the division. You're At least only experiment. A you traded away. You traded away your draft pick to Philly anyway. You got to try to win. Yeah, you get. You got to. I don't know, man. You're only a game back. Like you're three and six, but you're only a game back from the mm-hmm. lead. So, or a game and a half, whatever that comes. You need out to, to jumpstart something. At least Hill can give you some juice. Yeah, I. I don't know, and it seems like they always do better when he comes in the game. Anyway, I just I feel it gives like him. A, it gives him an extra there. dynamic, but. I, I just think at the end of the day, if the juice is going to expire the next day, it's still juice. So, you know, you might as well try to put Hill back there and see what happens. But all right. Uh, last week, how did we do last week? What happened? Um, I don't know. You think, you think I remember? 
Yeah, I don't remember either. We really should write this stuff down. We really should. We do. We do a bunch of shows. So, you know, it, it happens. Ah uh, man, I feel like I took an under somewhere. I want to say that I took the under in the Rams Buccaneers game because I definitely love the under in that one, and I I was stating that I love the under the entire week. Yeah, there's somewhere. Did I go back to? Oh, I think I went back to Washington. They didn't get that team total over. I thought they were going to win that game. I thought they were going to beat the Vikings. They had opportunities, man. They had. Did a lot I have the Dolphins team total over? Possibly. Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. We really got to start writing this down. Yeah, man. I, this sucks. I can't remember what we. I did. know for a fact. I definitely love the under though in that Buccaneers game. So I'm pretty I, sure that was my total. I should have looked it up before we started. All right. Oh well. We'll get right for next week. Doesn't matter because. Overall record is still really good. Like overall record, we're still really good. We may be picking some of the wrong plays as a lot, but we're still really good overall. And I mean, let's just go ahead and get into this week. We have week 10 of NFL football starts Thursday night, November 10th. Atlanta Falcons going to play the aforementioned Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Minus three is the line. 44 and a half is the total. Guess what? The total skyrocketed. It opened up at 40 and a half. It's now sitting at 44 and a half. Let's see here. What's going on in Charlotte on Thursday night? We have 11 mile per hour winds, rain, 63 degree weather. Looking at an injury report here. And Eric Harris is questionable with an ankle injury for Atlanta. And then we have whew, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Stefan Sullivan, Justin Burris, Rashad Higgins all out for Carolina. Dante Jackson is questionable, and Amari Barno, Virginia Tech graduate, also questionable. 44 and a half on Thursday night, division game. I mean, the spot on screams under, but the head to head meeting we just saw was absolute just chaos. Yeah, and I understand. I understand why everybody is like on the chaos of it and what happened. I'm still going under. I'm not fading a trend of these of these teams, you know, coming back on a short week. Uh who was it? Atlanta this past Atlanta had a close game against the Chargers. But and... but they struggled offensively. They really, really struggled offensively. They killed a first half, a first half play for me. They got out fast and was up ten and then let the Chargers go score two mm-hmm. touchdowns in that Eckler first had half. A couple touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, and so I mean, I I'm still on this Carolina defense. Carolina defense has been really good all year. JC Horn is is JC Horn and Sauce Gardner, Patrick Sertan. Like those are three corners that came into the league in the past two years that they are like the best corners in the league right now. Yeah, you like throw in like a Darius Slay into the conversation for all yeah, the best yeah. Like you stuff, know, you got a couple. They're, they're vets, definitely but... three of the best five or ten. I mean, yeah, you got a couple of vets, but those those three are young guys that are out there playing like they're five, six year veterans at corner, which is really, really hard to do when you're a young corner. Like you could think of uh, what's my old guy's name in Detroit who just hasn't he's been decent, but he just hasn't gotten all the way there like these three have uh, Jeff uh, Oduka Akuda Oduka. Yeah. I mean, I so, liked him at Ohio State. Unfortunately, he hasn't really panned out. But yeah, I know. And so he's got had a different trajectory. But J.C. Horn, he's been. I seen some stat earlier that said he's own. He hasn't allowed more than twenty five yards in coverage. Oh, he he just receiver. walked into the league out of South Carolina and just dominated the entire. Yeah, really, really good. Really, really good. All right, I'm still going under. I like. 
I like the Carolina defense. I think Atlanta's defense is playing a lot better. Oh, I got to add AJ Terrell into that conversation as well. At top 10 corners in the league. I definitely like what AJ Terrell I'm still a little iffy on Terrell. I think he's good, but I think he actually has a couple of bad games that kind of get brushed under the radar because he plays for Atlanta. But I do want to kind of push back a little bit on Carolina's defense. I like the personnel. I think Burton's a good defensive lineman, et cetera. They've given up at least 37 points in each of the last two games. Like Cincinnati killed them. Mixon had five touchdowns. Yeah. Are you, do you still like this Carolina defense? Like what happened? I the do. Last two I do. I, I, really admit, I will admit that good defenses definitely have stretches or a game or two where they're definitely look really, really bad. And I don't blame them for what they look like now because it's such a transition. Like you just switched from your defensive head coach to another, to your defensive. I think he was the coordinator, uh, Steve Wilkes. But I mean, they, he's, they just he's fired the secondary coach. So, yeah, he's implementing different things than Matt Rule was implementing. So it's like, of course, there's going to be a little bit of hiccup there and trying to understand what well, Rule liked it like this. Wilkes wants it like this. And you got to go back and forth. So I'm really not going to fault them too, too much on that. I think personnel wise and the talent that they have around that defense is one of the top defenses in the league to me. For personnel, I can agree with, but based on what I've seen lately, I understand the rain might be a factor. However, I think the rain's actually not the big of a deal for Atlanta because they want to run the ball anyway. They don't need an excuse to tell Mariota to not throw the ball 15 times, so the rain should cause him to run it more. But you're looking at Carolina's run defense. It's awful. I mean, I mean, there's no way around it. They gave up 160-plus yards to Atlanta the first time around. Mixon yeah. at 153 and four touchdowns on the ground alone last week. They gave up 241 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. I think Atlanta's going to run it down their throat. And Carolina's offense... I don't know who the quarterback is. Is it Mayfield again? I, I got to assume yeah, it's Mayfield, Mayfield again. Mayfield is starting this game. Okay. So I know worst case scenario, he'll throw it around, maybe a couple interceptions. We'll see what happens. But I'm going to go with the over because I know Atlanta is going to run it down their throats and Carolina can't do anything about it. That's good enough for me, especially with Patterson back in the lineup. They, ever, they had like 170 yards with no Patterson. I think mm. he's going to have a big game. I think that Mayfield will have some moments because Atlanta is allowing, I believe, the most passing yards in the league per game. Yep. So both offenses should have moments in this game. And I think as a result, this game should go over. I'm going to keep an eye on the weather report, though. But give me the over because both defenses right now, not a big fan of the current form. I agree with you about personnel about Carolina, but they're not playing well right now. And Atlanta's personnel is actually terrible. That that defense is bad. So I'll go with the over. No, nah, I'm on under. I'm not. I'm not. Switching well, you get, off. you get the weather yeah. and you have the division yeah. aspect. I get and, it. I, I'm just gonna go with the over. Yeah, I don't think. I think that this is gonna be a on the ground, ground and pound game. Atlanta not that good. Like they're better than Carolina, not that good against the running back position as well. Yeah, and when you bring Baker torture. Mayfield back in, you know what did they do all the time in Cleveland? How do you get the best out of Baker Mayfield? Is by having a very very strong run game. So I think. Excuse me. Both teams are going to put a lot of emphasis on the run here in this game. It's going to eat up a bunch of clock. We're going to see long drives and not a lot of points. So I'm going under under 44 and a half. I I, I feel better about it that I got that four extra points of value. Okay. All right. Next game on the slate Sunday we have at 9:30 a.m. over in Germany. Germany SGPN Buck sideline guy. He's going to be at this game calling this game. We have Seattle Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Minus two and a half is the line. 44 and a half is the totals. Tick down from 46 and a half. Let's go. Do we have? I think it's in a dome. 
I'm almost positive this is in a dome. I got to assume it is. All these international games are in dome. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this one is in a dome. And we have Marquise Goodwin, who is out for the Seattle Seahawks. That's brutal. And we have Russell Gage and Cameron Brait, who are both listed as out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But definitely keep an eye on the injury report here. You know, it's going to be a lot changing. It's a long week. It is a dome. All right. I don't care if it's a dome. I'm still but going I, under. Actually, I'm not taking hang on a, a second. I actually, I actually don't think it is a dome. No, it's not. Uh, they're playing at Bayern Munich Stadium. It's actually is not it a one dome. of those like soccer stadiums? That's like it, it looks, looks like, like a dome, dome from but it's the not outside, but the uh, but there's no retractable roof or anything. So no, it yeah, actually it's is one not of a those dome. Crazy soccer stadiums. Yeah. yeah. All right, but give me an under. I'm on under. I, I'm on I the under care. anyway. You think I'm going to take an over with the Buccaneers? Absolutely not. I even though Seattle is so, and this really should be the spot. This should be the spot where we sit here and say that the Bucks go over because Seattle's defense is so bad. I actually disagree. I don't think Seattle's defense is that bad. I think it was bad when the year started. If you look at the numbers the last couple of weeks, they've been good. They force a bunch of turnovers. I believe they're leading the league in forced fumbles. They're really good at forcing mistakes. I know Tampa won the game against the Rams. That was one of the most painful experiences I've had for three quarters. Mm. That game was brutal. And even with Brady winning the game on that final drive, he threw about nine straight checkdowns on out routes for free yards, and the Rams just gave up the game. Brady can't throw the ball down the field anymore. It is what it is. He's 45. Deal with it. But the offense can't generate big plays. Give me the under all day, every day, because I think the Seattle defense is actually not that bad. It seems like they're cooking at the right time. Mm. And Tampa's defense is fine. The offense is just useless. So I'm on I, the under. I think Seattle's defense can be exposed. I just don't think Tampa Bay has the, has the personnel to expose them. I don't think they have the explosive offense. I don't think that they even are trying, and definitely I don't think they have the talent with just what I'm seeing from Brady. Like, Brady's just not doing what he could do. He's slowly just kind of turning into a game or managing quarterback. Oh, no, he's literally Big Ben from last year minus the interceptions. He can't yeah. throw the ball more than 10 yards. Yeah, so I'm I'm on the under here, too. It's not really too much to talk about for me. Yeah. Next game on the slate, 1 p.m. on the East Coast, we have Minnesota Vikings going to play the Buffalo Bills. 46 is the total. Tick down from 49 and a half. A lot of money coming in the under for this game. Let's see here. We have weather. There's one injury that matters. That's basically it. 15 mile per hour winds, overcast, 40 degrees in Buffalo. And yeah, there really is only one injury that matters. But let's just go ahead. uh, Jalen Naylor is out for Minnesota. Cameron Dantzler Sr. is questionable. We have Matt Milano questionable. Jordan Poyer out. And Josh Allen. We do not know the status of Josh Allen. It says that he has a potential UCL injury. There will be more information to come out throughout the week. That's probably where this money for the under is coming from because everybody's anticipating that Josh Allen is not going to play. Wind might be a factor, but it's obviously going to be Josh Allen news because wind is only going to drop at a point or two. It's not going to drop at four. I got to take the under. I, I, feel, I, we, I feel like we have to, but I'm trying to find any reason not to. And Josh Allen might be Tommy to. John. Like, I, 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 can't, I can't pick him when he's arguably – well, he's a, in my opinion right now, he's a top two quarterback in the league. I know he sucked against the Jets last week. But if your starting quarterback needs Tommy John, 
And he also has the running component, and Buffalo can't run the ball. Mm-hmm. And now Allen might be – I don't know what his story is. He might need surgery. Like, he might be done for the year. Yeah, so here's what I recommend. I recommend waiting until Josh Allen's officially ruled out. You're probably going to get another point and a half, two points of value on this total. I think it'll be even more. I think if Allen's officially ruled out, it's going to drop all the way down to, like – I'm trying to even think of the number – 43-42? Either way. And then I'd get on over at that point. Because, and you think about who to back up. It's Case Keenum. I'm pretty sure it's Case Keenum. It's a Case Keenum revenge again. Yeah, I'm almost 100% positive it's Case Keenum. No, he it is. He was, he was terrible in preseason. but he's Yeah, and he did, the, uh, he did the thing where nobody knew who he was. And yeah, he was, he was asking for autographs. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's Case Keenum. And I believe that Case Keenum will affect the over in a way of one, he's going to get, because we know the Bills defense is good. He's going to give the Bills defense really bad field position and it's going to be easy scores for Minnesota. But Buffalo's also, also missing a bunch of defensive players because half of yeah. them didn't play against the Jets. And then also, I think that he can actually move the ball in, off, in this offense a little bit. Like I... I think that what Kate Keenum is going to do, he's going to turn the ball over. He's going to give good spots to Minnesota, but he will have a few good drives. I don't think he's going to be terrible. He's going to have a few good drives. And that's what's leading me to think of this being like a a 24-20 kind of game, something like that. And so that's where I'm like, all right, I want to wait and see how low this line will drop, and then I'll come in on the over. But if I'm taking this line as is right now, 40, and maybe you do do that. Take it as as is right now at 46 and then come back, on the over when you get the news that, you know, Josh Allen, all of them is out, maybe wait till game time, let an interception come through, let a, a couple punts go through and catch the number lower and go and take the over there. I do think there is different ways to play this total. I'm just on the under. I'm not going to spend much time on this. Minnesota couldn't really move the ball against Washington and without Allen, potentially Case Keenum, no offense. I don't think he's very good. He had one really good run there with the Vikings at the NFC title game, which I'm sure Sean was a big fan of because it was basically a buy into the Super Bowl for the Eagles. But still, I do think you're looking at a spot where both teams should struggle offensively. Kirk Cousins in cold weather, not a fan. They're going to try to run the ball a lot. Buffalo has the best or one of the best run defenses in the league. And you're looking at what Buffalo brings to the table, assuming Allen isn't there. A lot of conservative play calling. We talked about the 15-mile-per-hour wins. Buffalo can't exactly run the ball. I see a lot of problems for both offenses here. I'm on the under. I'm not sure both teams get the 20 here. So I'm going with the under. I'm going to be live betting this game. I just, I don't know. The under a just, live I, bet's fair for I an over, feel good. but pregame, I'm all over the under. I yeah. mean, what Minnesota scored 13 points in the fourth quarter against Washington just to get to 20. They had seven points in the first three quarters. Like, I'm not interested. I'm taking the under. All right. Next game of the state, we have the Detroit Lions going to play the Chicago Bears in a matchup with the NFC North. We have 48 and a half on the total, ticked up from 46 and a half. Chicago went from an all under team to an all over team. Let's see here. Weather in Chicago, seven, eight mile per hour winds, 32 degrees and clear. Man, it's really getting cold everywhere. Josh Reynolds out. For Detroit, Taylor Decker is questionable, and that's all I have for an injury report right now. I'm on the over. 
I know Detroit's offense was garbage against Green Bay, and the defense actually looked decent. I'm still not sure if Justin Fields can actually throw. I know he set the all-time record for most rushing yards in a game by a quarterback. But Chicago's just been a track meet team. I mean, I, I can't. They're giving up 30-plus points per game at this point. They traded away Robert Quinn. They traded away Roquan Smith. This defense stinks. And I, I think that they'll be able to run the ball because Detroit's terrible against the run. I'll keep taking overs until Chicago goes under again. But that's kind of where I stand. I'll take the over and Fields rushing yards. But mm. just, just give me the over. Hmm. But this this nah, could be a game a where you get game. red zone turnovers and the whole game goes to crap. I think this is the regression game. I'm taking uh-huh. under. I'm taking under. I think this is the regression game. I think Justin Field comes back down to earth a little bit. I don't think that Detroit, you know, through this long week, they're they're going to be focused on Justin Fields and they're going to be like, all right, we got to slow down this guy Justin Fields, and that's going to open up David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert a little bit more, especially with that run game and how bad they are against the run. And I just think that Justin Fields, whether he runs the option, keeps them on their defense on their toes and guessing, opens up the running backs a little bit more. I can see this really becoming a really strong running game on both of those sides. And for that, I'll take an under. I say it's a lot of long clock. Long drives, running out clock, division game, I'm still on under. All right. Next game, I'll say we have the Houston Texans traveling to MetLife to play the New York football Giants. 40 and a half is the total, and it's come up as well. A lot of people are betting the over this week, Scott. 38 and a half is what it opened at. It's up two points to 40 and a half. This got to be because of the Houston side of the ball. I, mean, I even see 41. I yeah, see a 41 over here. On Houston side of the ball. All right. Uh, 7.7 mile per hour winds, 48 degrees, mostly cloudy. Injury report. I actually don't see anything on the website I was looking at, so I got to go look somewhere else. I'm assuming it's bye week related just because the Giants had extra time to prep. The Texans played on Thursday. They have extra time to get ready for this game. That'd be my guess. Yeah, and I mean, injury news, I can tell you for for a fact with the Giants is that they're going to be missing their starting safety, Xavier McKinney, who went on his bye week to Cabo and rode ATVs and broke his hand. And Nothing so good ever happens in Cabo for NFL players. Huh, I just... Who was it? It was Romo who went to Cabo for the playoff game back in like 2007? Was it Cabo? I don't know. I think it was Cabo. Uh, where's the... Oh, wait, that's week nine. Duh. By the way, did it annoy you that uh, Kadarius Tony got traded and immediately played in his first game with the Chiefs? No, it didn't. I okay. knew he was doing some bitch-ass shit like that okay. and not playing with the team. It's okay. Completely unrelated. I was just curious. I saw him catch a pass, and I'm like, yo, he's still alive? Yeah, yeah. But no, you're, like, he's... bagging groceries or something. How you doing? All right, there we go. Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, Malik Collins, Navelle Hewitt, and Justin McQuarrie, all questionable for the Houston Texans and for the New York football giants. Like I said, Xavier McKinney is out. He's on injured reserve. He's going to be gone for four games. Cordell Flott is questionable. Kenny Galladay is questionable. Yeah, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you want him not to play at this point, but you don't have many receivers anyway. O'Shane Zimmies is questionable. We have Evan Neal and Richie James both questionable for this game as well. I'm surprised the Giants didn't try to trade for a wide receiver. They did. They did. It's just that um didn't work out. Yeah. Joe Shane basically said that they were asking too much of a okay. price. They looked at 
they looked at Claypool, they looked at Cooks, and um, so them and Green Bay both just whiffed on everything because the market was too high. I still can't believe Claypool yeah. went for no. A second so round pick. so uh, Green Bay actually put together good offers. They just did nobody just traded it to them. Green yeah, they Bay, offered a first think, for DJ, and that didn't yeah, work out. A first for DJ, like that's really that's a really really good offer. I don't blame Green Bay for that. They tried, like that's a really good offer. I still can't believe Claypool went for a second round pick, but that's a separate story. Yeah, but all right. Um. Houston's Man. offense, though, despite missing all those wide receivers, was not awful against Philly, mostly because Pierce is a man possessed. I mean, he was incredible, and the Giants aren't great against the run. Texans are terrible against the run, so I guess you can argue there's a lot of running clock, but I do think both teams can move it a little bit. On the other side of the coin, do you really want to take an over with Davis Mills against Daniel Jones? That's really yeah, the main question you got to ask. No, I don't, and it's just more of this Giants team is not about to blow anybody out. Like, they they had the opportunity defense has been playing on fire all season they've had the opportunity to put together drives and to get out of there early like to just get out of there just call the day and they just can't do it been unable maybe after the bye week something clicks offensively but until i see it i'll go ahead and place a bet and if it loses it loses give me an under i i just can't back and over with how the giants offense is playing and the Texans on the road, Davis Mills on the road. He's not he's not good road quarterback at all. I'm actually what are their road totals for this season? Let me look at this. It is 20 points in Las Vegas, but that's inside a dome. 13 points in Jacksonville. That's bad. 20 points in Chicago. Nine, nine points in Denver. So like they 20 is your ceiling for them. I'm on the <laughs> under two. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Even the Giants' offense, like you're a re, you have a really bad first half offense. Your team is mostly yeah. second half loaded. Yeah, they so, after the halftime, those halftime adjustments by the goat. You made the adjustments, uh, but the Davis. point is, if you're going into half and the game's like ten three, then I'm not going to pick an over. Like I, I could see this game being a hideous first half, and I think that might drag the whole total down. So I'm going to lean to the under. Yep. All right. Let's next game on the slate. We have the Cleveland Browns going to play the Miami Dolphins in Miami. 48 and a half is the total. 47 and a half is where it opened. Let's see here. Miami, I'm on the Miami, old Miami, nine game. mile per hour winds, 83 degrees, clear weather. Injury report we have Austin Jackson, who is doubtful, Eric Rowe, questionable. Tyrion Armstead, who is questionable for Miami and for the Cleveland Browns. We have, uh, if I can find them. About no, half their team was out or questionable for that, third, for that uh, Monday night game. Izzel Ward, David Njoku, uh, Wyatt Teller, all questionable. They had a bye, though, so you're kind of assuming they'll be able to come back, but you don't know. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on over here. Both of these defenses are are pretty bad. Anyway. I'm not taking an under with the with the Dolphins right now. I mean, the Dolphins defense is garbage. I mean, there's no there's no way around it. Yes, they ended up winning against Chicago. Once again, I said it before in the Chicago game, they gave up the most rushing yards in a game in the history of the sport to the to the quarterback position. They couldn't stop the run, and offensively, you still have Hill, you still have Waddle, you're still scoring a bunch of points. I'm on the over. I just think that both teams are going to end up going up and down the field and you'll get yourself in a track meet, but would it shock me if Nick Chubb has 130 yards and breaks a 70-yard or no? Because Miami proved in this past week they have a hard time against the run. 
Yeah, and I think that these Dolphins wide receiver match up pretty well with the Browns. They can be able to get downfield. A lot of options for two in that offense, and two is just clicking. Like, two is just clicking as a quarterback right now in that offense and what Mike McDaniels wants to do. He's doing exactly what he what McDaniels needs, and they're having success. So I, I can't back. I would actually play a Dolphins team total over. I, I just think the Dolphins are going to be able to score in this game. I don't think anything Cleveland's going to do. And if Cleveland is going to be in this game, it's going to be because they have to put up points as well. Yeah, and you know that uh, even though Brissett might not be a great quarterback, he can still sling it a little bit. You still have Cooper out there. You have Donovan Peoples-Jones. You have a couple of big play receivers who could generate huge passing plays because Miami's known to blow some coverages. Mm-hmm. I'm on the over. I, I see this game getting into the 50s. Miami's basically been a dead over team for the last month. All right, next game on the slate, we have the Denver Broncos. I was about to say Nuggets. I'm so locked into NBA basketball right now. Denver Broncos going to play the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. 39 is the total. It opened up at 40, and it's down to 39. Are we assuming Tannehill's playing? Because uh, Mo- as long as Malik, as long as Malik Willis he, is the coach, is. as long as Willis is the coach, I'm sliming the under. He's Willis one of the worst the quarterbacks the quarterback. I've seen. What? Willis is the coach or the quarterback? Well, what I you said. You said you said as long as I said as, sorry, as long as Willis is the quarterback, I will blindly take every under. Based on what I've seen so far, either based on lack of trust or just the fact that he's not ready, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't right agree now. at all. I don't. Right agree. now, he is based on how they're coaching him. I wholeheartedly, I wholeheartedly don't agree at all. I think he's basically useless. I think the way Andy that Dalton. Using him. I think Andy Dalton looks way worse than him. I think that Davis Mills looks worse than him. I think a lot of quarterbacks look a lot worse than him. I think the only issue that that he has is that none of his receivers can make a play. They are not. Ta- they don't have the talent to make a play. But from what I saw, he was putting the ball like he was putting the ball on the receivers, and they just weren't catching it. I don't. Okay, think he, he I, actually I, looked pretty good. I get what you're trying to say. Do you know how many receptions Tennessee wide receivers had against the Chiefs game? Zero. Zero. I know. Malik Willis went five for sixteen in the game. They refused to throw the ball for the majority of the game. They sprinkled in some read option stuff early, but Tennessee in the entire second half and overtime had one total first down. I'm telling you, I understand Willis had talent in College of Liberty. I'm not saying he's a bust or anything. I'm just saying, based on what the coaching staff doing with him, they clearly don't like him at all throwing the ball. It's a guaranteed under every time he's a quarterback right now. Vrabel does not trust him, and they will refuse to throw the ball downfield. They won't do it. He has 80 yards. He had 55 of them on the first play of the game on a screen pass. No, I'm with you. No, I'm 100% with you. They're definitely not using him. And if you want to make comparisons, it's comparisons to how they were treating Justin Fields last year. But no, I 100% agree. But do I think he's the worst quarterback? Absolutely not, by far. I'm saying right now, based on the actual coaching staff and the game planning, no, you can make not. an argument that he's the least productive starting quarterback in the league, and it's not even close. No, still not. Not there yet. Okay. Not there yet. It's All a guaranteed right. on the report. Fine center. Injury report we have Tyree Cleveland, Baron Browning, uh, Isang Bassey, Cameron Fleming, Lloyd Cushenberry, the third, all questionable for the Broncos and then for the Titans. Well, whenever I find their name. 
There we go. We have Kevin Strong, Ryan Tannehill, Amani Hooker, Tory Carter, Bud Dupree, all questionable to play in this game. Tannehill's uh, the only injury that matters, in my opinion. Yeah, it does. It does. But even if Tannehill plays, I'm still on under. Denver's defense has been really good. Denver's secondary is just absolutely locked down. And I think that off they're going of, off to buy too. They're literally licking their chops, waiting to get their hands back on these Tennessee Titan receivers. I don't think that they, I don't think Tennessee is going to be able to move the ball no matter who's at quarterback. And it's because Denver's secondary is really, really good. It's going to be through Derrick Henry and on the ground that they're going to get all of their production and try to slow this game down eat up a bunch of clock, whereas on Denver's side of ball, Russ just fucking stinks. Like, Russ sucks. Russ is not good. If we had a good final about, drive against Jacksonville. If we want to talk about least productive there. quarterbacks in the league, Russell Wilson is one of those least productive For quarterbacks For a full season, I agree, but based on what I've seen from Willis and what the coaching staff's done in two games with him, I think Willis has easily been one of the worst quarterbacks just based on production I've seen in a long time. It's been mm. really bad. Really, really bad. Like, historically bad. Willis, for reference, is 11. In the two games he started, he's 11 for 27. Two complete games. Zero touchdowns, one pick, and he's got a quarter. He's got a completion percentage of, on the season, 40%. He's not ready. He's completely not ready. They threw him into a buzzsaw by letting him start. They didn't have a choice. Tannehill got hurt. But yeah. I, I well, can't. he got sick. He got sick. Either way, point is, as long as Willis is quarterback, there's a 0% chance of taking the over. And I think that Tennessee's guaranteed to score less than 14 points in every game that he starts. They're yeah, bad. I'm just not, They're really, just not really thinking, bad. I'm just not taking it over because I don't trust these Tennessee wide receivers. So different reasons, same product. We're both on the under for this game. Next game on the docket. Before we get to that, I got to talk to you about win bet and there bet $100, win $100 promotion where $100 bet qualifies you for $100 in free bets. They're now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. And be on the lookout for Win Bet Win Hour because from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursdays, you can get the marquee game of the week for better odds than anybody else, giving you a chance for a huge payout. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Off subject chain terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 20 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 All right, this game in the slate, last game of the 1 p.m. slate. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars playing the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. 50 and a half is the total, it's ticked up half a point from 50 to 50 and a half. Let's see what it's looking like in Arrowhead. 43 degrees clear and seven mile per hour winds. Let's go here and sniff out an injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Rayshon Jenkins is questionable. And that's about it. Going for the Kansas City Chiefs, we have Jody Fortson, who is questionable as well. And that's about it there as well. All right. This total really comes down to if I think Jacksonville can actually score like 17 points. Like I, th- I think Kansas City is going to go in there and score 35, especially after a no show against a Tennessee team that was using a rookie quarterback that they didn't. Like it was, it was shocking to watch. The Tennessee could be, could barely throw the ball the entire game, 
and the, the Chiefs were losing for about 90% of the game. I got to assume Andy Reid is pissed. I know they won the game and all. It's a home game. Jacksonville's pass defense is awful. Daniel Jones at 300-plus yards. Uh, they gave up 100-something yards to Devontae Adams in the first, like, 16 minutes of the game last week. I got to assume Mahomes goes nuts in this matchup. I think the Chiefs can name their score. Do you think they get to, like, 17? Because I think the Chiefs are scoring at least 35. Yeah, I'm on the Chiefs team total under. I, I don't know what – I don't have – I literally have no idea what to expect from Jacksonville. Wait, under this or over? Why, huh? You're on the under or the over for the Chiefs team total? Over. Oh, over, okay. I thought you said under. That's why I was – okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, must be thinking about the Clippers. Yeah, no. I'm I'm on the Chiefs team total over. I just – I really don't know what to expect from Jacksonville. I don't know if Jacksonville is going to come in here and score three points or 20 points. I have no idea what to expect mm-hmm. from Jacksonville. That's why – if I had to lean – to this, I would lean to the over just because I do think that it's a possibility that Kansas City can drop 40 on in in yeah. Kansas City. But when I'm playing this, I'm playing Kansas City team total over. I think that this is Mahomes is probably gonna be the million dollar quarterback this week. And he's probably gonna have low ownership because everybody's gonna think everybody's starting Mahomes and nobody's gonna start Mahomes. And that's how his ownership is so low. But I think million, I think he's a million dollar quarterback this week. This Jacksonville defense is very, very bad. I think this is the perfect get right spot. Only thing that concerns me now, it doesn't concern me as much because they won the first matchup. Only thing that concerns me is that this is a look ahead spot because who do they have on deck next week? Los Angeles Chargers. Got flexes on the night football. That game? Yeah. They they so, flexed out the uh Bengals Steelers game and they put in the Chargers Chiefs game. So look, see, like it is a look ahead spot. That is the literally the only concern for me is that this is a look ahead spot. But I will take that chance. Give me a Chiefs team total over. I'll give a slight lean to the over, but my bet that I'm placing in this game is Chiefs team total over. I think Mahomes goes for four hundred passing yards again. Jacksonville actually cannot stop the pass. This is going to be really ugly. And I think Kelsey probably goes for 120 and two touchdowns. It's going to get really bad really quickly. Kansas City's team total is 30 and a half. They might even have a defensive score because we know that Lawrence can turn it over a couple times. I'm going to agree with you on the over, but I really think this game has like Chiefs Raiders feel to it from a couple of years ago. They just win this game like 40, like 40 to 10, something disgusting. But I just think the Chiefs end up scoring 35 to 40 points, especially after that no-show last week offensively against the Titans. I think they're ready to roll. Yep. All right. Next game of the slate, we have the Indianapolis Colts. The Jeff Saturday-led Indianapolis Colts. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Playing the Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas, 42.5 is the total. Tick down from opening at 43. Injury report here, and I see we have – oh, well, that's the old one. No, I need a new one. We have for the Raiders, Darren Waller, questionable. For what, and, the eighth, eighth week in a row? Yeah, pretty much. And for the Colts, we have Matt Ryan, questionable. Tony Brown, questionable. Jonathan Taylor, questionable. Grant Stewart, questionable. Jelani Woods, questionable. Cameron Klein, questionable. So. I'm just on the under. I'm going to give this the Willis treatment. I think if there's one quarterback that might be equally as unproductive as Willis right now, it's Sam Ellinger. He stinks. I I mean, we said going in, he wasn't starting besides preseason games for a couple of years because he's not very good. 
And the main defense is, well, Washington's defense was randomly decent against Kirk Cousins, and you went into New England, you were guaranteed to get killed in that game. There's no way, there's no way that Belichick was not going to torture him the entire time. But I can't take an over with this Colts team. Saturday took over coaching job, which he wasn't even expecting to have. They don't have a play caller right now, so they got to scramble to find a new play caller. Their quarterback stinks. Jonathan Taylor might not play. The receivers aren't very good. And the Colts' defense, not terrible. I think the defense is okay. The Raiders are the opposite. Their offense is good, but it also occasionally gets shut out by the Saints. You don't know what the hell is happening. I'm on the under. How am I supposed to take an over with a brand-new head coach with a quarterback who's practically useless? Is it fair to call Ellinger useless because it feels that way? Their, their team's not even close to scoring. Um. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's basically useless. I was. He's bad. I, if they get into the red zone, Colts fans have a parade. It's bad. However, I'm back in the over. Okay. And well, one, I'm back in Las Vegas team total over. Let me say that. That is the real play. I'm back in Las Vegas team total over. They average 31 points at home. Put up 38 against the Texans, 32 against the Broncos, and 23 against the Cardinals. And if Matt Ryan actually does come in here and start and Saturday may come in and say, nah, I'm I'm not, you know, getting my first. And if I was Saturday, I would do that. I'm not getting my first head coaching gig and I'm putting it in Sam Elger's hands. I'm putting Matt Ryan back under center. And so I don't care what that does, but I'm putting Matt Ryan back on the center. Matt Ryan's on the center. What I can say is that it's going to look ugly, but. He gonna, he's going to find ways to move the ball. I like and, the over if Matt Ryan plays. That's kind of the tricky part of the situation because yeah. the previous regime, Matt, uh, Frank Reich, who just got fired, said that Ellinger was going to start every game for the rest yep. of the year. And now it doesn't apply anymore because they have a brand new coach. Oh, it absolutely does not. And 100% so, if I'm Saturday, I say that I'm putting I'm putting Matt Ryan and I'm giving myself the best chance to win football games and potentially get another job after this. So, yeah, no, I, I'm on over here. I understand your points, but I just think that one, this Vegas offense looks a lot better at home than it does on the road. It looks a lot better on this side of of the Mississippi than that side of the Mississippi, to be honest. And I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna go fate that this is a really bad spot for them. Whereas if I come back to the Colts, if I think that the Raiders are scoring 30 points, I need what maybe 10 from the Colts. Mm-hmm. Can Sam Ellinger get me 10? I'm not 100% certain about that. I know for a fact Matt Ryan can get me 10. And so there's a little bit of iffiness still there, but it's enough for me to sit here and say that I'm giving out the over. So over for this game, team total over for the Raiders is my play. It all comes down to is the quarterback for the Colts for me, which is an ultimate cop because we've had like three or four games where it kind of comes yeah. down to who the quarterback is. But it's the most important position by far. And yeah. with the Colts missing this many weapons, I need to know who's behind center. Actually, matter of fact, I think I would I would probably take a Colts team total over now. And, and just hope, assuming yeah. that Matt Ryan is playing. And Matt Ryan plays his total skyrockets. Well, here's the fun hypothetical here. There's no real there's no right or wrong answer, but assuming Matt Ryan does play in this game, how many points is he worth to the Colts team total? I think he might actually be worth like seven plus points. I think that I'm, I'm very anti Matt Ryan. I'm very no, anti Matt Ryan. No, I, think, I know. I just don't think that I don't. I say it's two because I don't think that they truly embedded Sam Ellinger in this total. What is the total right now? Forty two and a half. I don't think. No, it's, no I'm saying for think, the Colts team total. It's around. Team total, uh, it's, good, it's around like 15, 15 and a half. 
Yeah, something like that. Hold on, I'll find it for you. Because this is a six and a half point spread. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't think that because they can't fully put set like they can't say, oh, the Colts are only going to score three points because everybody's going to slam the over. But and the Raiders even is also a lot worse than traveling to Foxborough and playing against the the uh, the Patriots. But once again, I'm very anti Matt Ryan. I think that Matt Ryan stinks. But you yeah. watch Ellinger play and it's not even close. 17 and a half. Seven, okay, think, that that seems a I little think they high. Score, it does seem high. I wouldn't do it right now. But if Matt Ryan plays, I 100% think that I 100% think that they can. And it's plus money. That 17 is a key number. I was kind of hoping yeah. for like 16 and a half or something like that. But once again, if I'm even contemplating the thought that Matt Ryan, who I acknowledge is cooked, is arguably seven points better than Ellinger, that tells you how bad I think Ellinger actually is. If this was the NBA and we were doing some like jokes here, I would have the Shaq Guangdong Tigers meme. Like I think he's awful. I think he should belong internationally. I think he's that bad. <laughs> All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Green Bay to play the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay home dog of five points. 42 and a half is the total. Green Bay weather is 35 degrees, overcast, 7-mile-per-hour winds. Let's go look at the Packers injury report, and we have... Dobbs is done. Shamar James Charles, John Charles is questionable. Devondre Campbell is questionable. Christian Watson is questionable. Aaron Jones is questionable. And Romeo Dobbs is out, as Scott was about to say. Four to six weeks, sideline with a high ankle sprain. And for the Dallas Cowboys, we have... They're off the bye, so you're assuming they should be relatively healthy. Ezekiel Elliott, Noah Brown, both questionable. Donovan Wilson in the secondary is questionable. Anthony Barr is questionable. And that's about it over there. If you, for, for the record, by the way, if you like the under, you want Elliott to play. Can we agree on that? If you like the under, you want Elliott to play. I don't want Pollard to get every touch. Pollard's a lunatic. Oh, I'm weak. Is that why? <laughs> I think Pollard's significantly right. better than Elliot. I've gone so on records. I, I, so did you catch the interview with, uh, Jerry Jones? Ooh, with, um, no, not Jerry Jones. Um, it was, uh, Chris Johnson and what's my dude that played running back for USC? Wendell uh, White? Um, yeah, yeah, Lindell White. Because they so do a podcast was, together, I believe. Yeah, they, yeah, they do a podcast together. They were talking about it, and uh, who was on? I can't remember which one of them was on Zeke. One of them was on Zeke. The other one was on Pollard, and I think it was Lendell that was on Zeke, and Chris Johnson was on Pollard. That doesn't surprise like, me because Lendell had the physical running style that yeah. Elliot has, so that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, no, but I and I understood what Lendell was talking about, and they were like, "Yo, like they don't." They don't scheme Zeke up at all. Like they just they think this is like when Zeke first came in the league and it didn't matter what running play you gave him, he was going to get a bunch of yards. And he's still That's great like, in pass protection. He's still a very, yeah, no, very good blitz pickup guy. So but... I don't so I don't think he, Zeke sucks. I don't think he sucks. I don't think he's what he was as soon as he came I, in the league. I, I didn't say I he, sucks. He, sucks. I, he sucks. I just said for totals, you want that home run hitter. And yeah, Pop no, no. is the definition of a home run hitter for totals. And yeah, and I think the reason that it is, is what Lindell was talking about. Like, yo, they give Tony Pollard all the fun plays at running back. Like, 
they sitting there, they running, you know, zones to the outside. They running, Stretches, you know, all these like zine blocking yeah. schemes. And then, you know, Zeke getting the game and they say power. And the defense knows that, oh, is Zeke in the game? They're about to run power. And what do they do? They do power every single time. And it's like, bro, that sucks. Like, so uh, back to this. Would you agree, though, conceptually, since, El- since Elliot is – at this point, in my eyes, a shell of his former self running the ball wise. He's still good in blitz protection. He doesn't have the same explosiveness. It's obvious at this point. Yeah. I think we were in agreement then that if you're looking at totals and you like the under, you want Elliott to play because every time he's in the game and they run power, it's a gain of three yards. <laughs> it's a gain of four yards. Anytime yeah. power touches the ball, he had what, 14 carries for 140 something yards against the, the Bears? I'm and Paul, right now, or it's a savage. I'm saying right now, Zeke could be out for the rest of the season, and I'm not taking the under in this game just because I'm not missing. It opened up at 49 and sitting at 42 and a half right now. You, I, get, the, you get the classic Rodgers against the Cowboys angle if you want to go over because he always kills the Cowboys. But yeah, this is the this is the perfect get right spot for Aaron Rodgers and beating the Cowboys at home. Like this is the perfect get right spot. for. Can Aaron you have Rodgers. a get right spot, though, when your offense has been garbage for a month and a half? Yeah. You had Detroit in a dome, and you couldn't yeah. score. Yeah. I mean, it was rough. The red zone interceptions were bad. Now yeah. Dobbs is hurt. Multiple red zone interceptions. Like, really, oh, it was really bad. bad. It was you knew, really, you knew, really bad. You knew that Green Bay was desperate when their first drive had the throwback to the offensive lineman play call. That's how you know they were really having hard times. But they got picked off by Hutchinson. He threw a couple of really bad passes in there. I'm on the under. I understand your point. The totals dropped a lot. Dallas's defense might kill Rodgers in this game. But I do think the Cowboys' offense is still kind of easing back in as from what we've seen with play calling. They kind of opened it up a little bit, but still not much. The Chicago mm-hmm. game was a lot of play-action stuff, and Chicago's defense is terrible. But it's mm-hmm. in Green Bay. It's going to be November Green Bay, so it's going to be cold, bit of wind in there. I see a lot of handoffs, a lot of running plays. I'm on the under. Mostly the Packers team total under because I get the argument that Rodgers always kills the Cowboys. But you look at this Green Bay team. This team just is they're just bad offensively. They're just really, really bad. And I think that with their tackle situation with Bakhtiari, et cetera, mm-hmm. Parsons and Lawrence are going to kill Rodgers in this game. I'm on the under. I think yeah, Green no, Bay contributes I- nothing. I think we haven't disagreed more on this slate than in this game right here. I'm all okay. over. And it's really just because Dallas is coming. Like, you have Dallas, a road favorite, coming off of a bye. That's already a bad trend that you don't like there. But I'm not just going to sit here and say that they're coming off a bye and it's not going to affect the defense at all. I think the defense could 100% be sluggish in this game. And if, you, and if you're that to this Aaron Rodgers team, a team that, what, five straight losses at this point? And now you're getting into desperation. Like now you're getting into a wounded animal backing into a corner. And now it's going to be just fighting for survival. And I 100%, that's what I think we're going to see here at home with Green Bay in freaking November with freaking, what is this, 40-degree weather, 30-degree weather, 35-degree weather. This just seems like the Green Bay Packers spot where they finally kind of put it all together. Whether they trust it on the ground, whether they say that Aaron Rodgers, you just go out there and try to be Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter. I think this is a better spot for this Green Bay defense. And I still think that the Cowboys are going to be able to move the ball. Dak has never shied away from the moment. Dak has never shied away from playing in these hostile environments, these crazy home crowd environments. And he's succeeded. 
And so I think isn't, they, isn't Dak a pretty underwhelming outdoors quarterback though in his career? Aren't the home road splits pretty jarring from what I remember in the past? I don't remember that. I don't know. And it might have been against good teams. I know Dak going into this this past year or like last I know, year was I know awful versus good teams, teams versus good teams. He definitely underwhelms, but I don't think um, the Packers are a good team here. And that's why I think it's easy to overlook them. I think Dak will have a little bit of a game and I'm not asking for much. The total is 42 and a half. I'm not asking for much. I'm I'm on the over. I'm trying to pull up Dak's home road splits here. Uh, okay, so at home, uh, I was right. So Dak Prescott at home has played 46 games. He has 87 touchdowns and 26 interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, on the road, he's not bad, though. He's got 59 touchdowns, 26 interceptions, and 42 games. So mm-hmm. the interceptions are the same, but he has about 28 fewer touchdown passes and four less games. So mm-hmm. he's still good. It just he's he's better at home. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're on the under. I'm on. Ugh, let me say that again. You're on the under. I'm on the over. Next game of the slate, divisional game in the NFC West. We have Arizona Cardinals going to play the Los Angeles Rams. Forty-three and a half is the total. J- tick down from forty-five. We have that dome injury report, and I'm looking at. Well, if I can pull it back up, All right for the Arizona Cardinals. We have Buda Baker questionable, Jadis Gardek questionable, Max Garcia on the line, Rodney Hudson next to him on the line, both of them questionable. Christian Matthews is questionable. And for the Los Angeles Rams. Dang. Okay. We have Quentin Lake is out. And Kyron Williams and Jake Hummel have both gone on injured reserve. That's about it. Rather clean for them. All right. I'm going under. I got Cardinals on the road, and I have the Rams. Just the Rams. And this is a Rams home game. And the Rams home home unders have been slapping for the inception that they've been playing in so far. Mm -hmm. There's no reason. There's too many things that's going right for this to be, for me not to be on the under here. So... You have the Rams home trend. You have the Cardinals sucking on the road. You have the Cardinals who are, I'm pretty sure, are just terrible against the Rams in general. They're really, really bad. McVay's constantly owned Kingsbury in his career. Yeah, I think I I knew it was something like McVay owns Kingsbury and I think Kingsbury's uh, beaten them one time in the span of their entire existence as NFL coaches. Yeah, so it's it's uh Kyle Shanahan owns McVay, McVay owns Kingsbury. And then I don't think Kingsbury owns anybody. I think he. Just I hope Kingsbury doesn't own anybody because that coach should be fired. <laughs> Four of the last five have gone the Los Angeles Rams way. Three of the last five have gone under. I'm still on the under here. Under 42 and a half for me. It's very, very easy play. I think I'm on the under as well. I think the Rams are a bottom five offense in the league. And I don't think it's that controversial. You look at their points per game average, and the Rams are averaging 16.4 points per game. They're terrible. And Cup had the massive catch against the Buccaneers. What else is new for a touchdown? You take that play out of the equation, they did nothing the entire game. They're just really, really bad offensively. They can't run the ball. Stafford looks very underwhelming. I believe he completed 50% of his passes last week. And they have no other weapons besides Cup. And you're looking at Arizona. Offensively, they have been a lot better with Hopkins. But I saw Hopkins and Kyler getting into it a little bit in the on the sideline. 
they really have been hit or miss offensively. The Rams' defense is still good. The issue is the offense isn't great. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Rams are just auto-unders. They're an auto-under team. The Buccaneers are an auto-under team. The offensive Tennessee, line sucks. How do you it's really bad. Like, how do you trust that offense? They literally have zero time in a pocket. Sure, this both give... offensive lines are bad. Kyler's running for his life half the time. Yeah, but at least Kyler can fucking move. Like, but that's my <laughs> point. My point is yeah. that you're looking at the sack numbers. If Arizona had, like, Stafford behind center instead of Kyler, they might be leading the league in sacks allowed. Like, Kyler saves that team so many sacks by running around like a lunatic that I think both offensive lines are bottom five units in the league. If Cliff, if Kip, if Cliff Kingsbury was not coaching this game, it's kind of a little tongue twister there. If Cliff Kingsbury was not coaching this game, then I would 100% be on the Cardinals. <laughs> but mm-hmm. because he is, I'll probably end up being on Rams. However, it's still under. They played once this season. Game landed 32. Like it, it's just a spot where you just assume that Kingsbury will do some stupid play calls on fourth and short. They'll turn it over on downs a couple times inside the 20-yard line. Stafford's going to be throwing a bunch of inaccurate passes at the dirt, and you'll see probably something like, a once again, a 2013 final. So I'll, I'll go with the under. Los Angeles Chargers are traveling to San Francisco to play the San Francisco 49ers. Large favorite for the 49ers, minus seven. 46 and a half is the total tick down from 47 and a half. And for San Francisco, probably some good weather. 3.5 mile per hour winds overcast 60 degrees. That's good weather. Yep. And for the San Francisco 49ers, we have Jason Verrett, Debo Samuel, Kyle uh, Jusic. Well, Juice Check's probably going to be out for like Juice a month, check. so we'll see. Uh, I feel like I saw something that said he came back to practice today. I, I know he had a broken finger, so he might be playing with a cast on, but we'll see. Yeah, I think he came back to practice. Juwan Jennings, Drake Greenlong, Ark Armstead. They are getting some reinforcements for this game. No wonder this is a minus seven yeah. spread. All and right, a reminder, the, they're off the bye, so they yeah. had extra time to get all those back. are All those guys are questionable that I just mentioned for... Wait, where are you at? The Chargers are still missing basically everybody. They have no wide receivers. Yeah, I'm just got to find. They have Palmer. That's basically it. Okay, here we go. Found him. Dustin Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Trey Pipkins, Chris Romp, Jerry Tillery, all questionable. And Mike Williams is still out. Darn Parham is on IR. Austin Johnson, this is the sleeper injury of the week for them because Austin Johnson has been one of their best pass rushers on the year. He is out and he is going to be out for the rest of the season with the knee injury. Still missing Slater, still missing Lindsay, still missing Jackson. I mean, their whole team's dead. Yeah. Guyton, like Bosa. Atlanta Atlanta should be embarrassed. They lost that game. Yeah. I'm really, really pissed about that. I'm glad I didn't lock it up, but I mean, I locked up the Raiders and they still lost, but still. Like, Do we think the Chargers can out. score in this game? Because like you're reading off all the injuries and how many people the Niners should be getting back. Herbert's going to get killed back there. I'm not even talking about, even if he doesn't get killed back there, like where is he going to go with the ball? <laughs> they scored 20 against Atlanta. Atlanta's defense is off. Like, <laughs> even, even without facing off against a good pass rush, they still couldn't Ooh, move the ball me. at all. And I have no the, idea the, where he's going with the ball. 
I was going to say the Niners, I think, are number one again in rushing yards allowed per game or yards per carry allowed. So I'm assuming Eckler won't get much going on the ground. I think I'm leaning to the under anyway. Would it shock me if the Niners scored 30 plus points? No, but I'm, I'm going to hope that Jimmy G prevents them from scoring 40. This defense, though, is very, very good, especially when healthy. And then, as I, we said before, the Chargers have no weapons. The Chargers prime are a game. Yeah, it's a primetime game, too. I'm on the under. This I think the Niners cover. I think they kill this team. But I think the Niners win this game somewhere around like 27 to 13. I think this game is just ugly. It's easy. They'll run the ball and drain clock, which is what the Niners also like to do. Give me the under. I think the Niners win comfortably in cruise. Let me see here before I put my foot in my mouth. I think we'd agree, though, since the Chargers are so bad against the run, you should be seeing a bunch of running clock because why would you not give the ball to McCaffrey 30, like 25 times for handoffs? All right. Yeah, I didn't put my foot in my mouth. All right. So three home games for the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, the last one, everybody remembers 44 points to the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, not going to. I'm going to toss it out. They're still missing half their defense for that game. Nine points to the Rams, seven points to the Seahawks. That Seahawks seven points actually looks like really good right now. It does. <laughs> like It looks really, really good right now. <laughs> so, yeah, th- this defense is going to get up at home. It's prime time. They're, they're going to lock in. I'm going to j- go out and sit on a limb and just say whatever the number is, just give me the Chargers team total under and give me an under for the game. I don't think the Chargers add to this total at all. It's got to be around 20 and change. It's 19 and a half. 19 and a half, yeah. I mean, I, would, I said I 13. I don't think they're going to score anything. Yeah, I, I would take 19 and a half for sure. All right. Last game, Monday Night Football. We have the Washington Commanders going to play the Philadelphia Eagles. 11, another huge spread. 11 for the Eagles. 44 and a half. 44 is the total. Tick down from 45. Uh, what's the weather looking like in Philly? Three mile per hour winds, partly cloudy, 40 degrees. And for the commanders on this injury report, or no, a lot Philly on the injury report, we have Josiah Scott, Josh Job, both questionable for this game. Job had a thigh injury in that last game. And for the Washington Commanders, we have Shaka Tony, David Mayo, J.D. McKissick, Cole Holcomb, Jahan Dotson, all questionable. Dotson is going to be a really big addition back into the offense. So I back I back Taylor Heideke at home. I don't back Taylor Heideke on the road. However, this is a divisional road. This is a divisional primetime game. And Wow, a lot of people are actually have money on Washington. That is surprising. Division game. It's a it's eleven. I mean, I can understand the angle there. Heineke no, been I good at getting angle. I just would have thought I would have thought everybody was still back in the Eagles, but it looks like a lot of people are actually... salty because they didn't cover the number against the Texans on Thursday night. And they had extra prep time because they ended up playing on Thursday. Yeah. Um do I want it? No, nah, I'm still going under. I like the under. I don't think Washington's going to I don't think Washington's going to contribute anything. Washington scored 8 in the first meeting on a garbage time touchdown with like a minute to go by Gibson, but uh Wentz was quarterback. If Carson Wentz scored 8, Taylor Hardicky might get. Well, he technically scored 6 because Washington had a safety 
And then they ended up scoring with 155 left. And for no reason, it was 24 to two with two minutes to go. But the point is Wentz is no longer quarterback, so you can kind of toss it out a little bit. But Philly scored 24 points in the second quarter and scored zero points in the rest of the game. So Washington's defense kind of did their thing. Devontae Smith had his 169-yard game. Uh, Hertz had 340 passing yards. It It seemed a little fluky to me because they stopped the run. Hertz torched them for a half, then they stopped caring. But I do think Washington's defense, which has gotten healthier over the past couple of weeks, can somewhat limit Philly. We saw Houston's defense somewhat limit Philly to some degree. I'm on, I'm on the under. I see Philly being able to really limit Washington offensively. I think you'll end up seeing Philly probably win this game 27-10. Get in, get out, win the game comfortably. Yeah, Kinda like the Niners say, they game. They really don't be trying to run the score up on anybody. They don't. They're a bad fourth quarter team. Yeah, or really second half. They're really just not great. Yeah, they just try to drain clock. They don't try to run. They don't try to run the score up on anybody. That's why I'm on the under. Yeah, I see 27-10. All right. Before we get into our lock and dog, got to talk to you about us, the SGPN merch store, because you can get your holiday shopping done now. And make sure you go pick up those talk about my third leg shorts. Of my parlay. I mean, we're talking about the parlay, of course. Mm-hmm. Come on, get out the gutter, people. Disgusting. All right. Plus, from now all the way to Thanksgiving, you can get 10% off of the whatever you order. 10% off. All you got to do is use promo code D-A-L-L-A-S-S-U-C-K-S. All capital. For exclamation point. Don't forget the exclamation point because then it will not go through. So, again... Listen closely. It's D-A-L-L-A-S-S-U-C-K-S, exclamation point. That is your promo code. Now, whatever that spells and however you may take that or whatever it is, then you know it is what it is. But that is the promo code. Again, D-A-L-L-A-S-S-U-C-K-S, exclamation point. Promo code store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Get you 10% off the entire merch store. All right, let's do it. Lock and team total for my lock. Let's see. What do I want to do here? I will. Hmm. What did I not have any quarrels about? Oh, we missed a game. Holy shit, we missed a game. My, My fault. We did. We missed a game. We didn't talk about this one. Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans is playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. 41 and a half is the total. Didn't know how I just skipped over that. We saw both teams and subconsciously decided they're not worth our time. Yeah, really. Eight mile per hour winds in Pittsburgh, 38 degrees. I'm on the under. Yeah, I'm on under too. I mean, you're assuming it's Dalton. They're going to play in Heinz Field, which is always tough at this time of the year. You're going to have Watt back in the lineup. It's post-bye week for Pittsburgh. I just see the defense showing up here. I don't like either quarterback either. You got either Pickett or Trubisky against Dalton. I'm on the under. So Yeah. There you All go. right. I'm good call, with, though. We, did, we with, did miss a game. Yeah, we did. I'm going with Cleveland and Miami. Give me an over 48 and a half. I just think that both of these defenses are, are really bad. Miami allows teams in games for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And... I think Tua's playing really, really well right now. I think he's playing really, really well, and I think that he he's going to score a bunch of points, and I just expect Cleveland to somehow, some way, follow suit. Uh, 
So give me that. And then for my team total. Yeah, let's go to back to the game we just talked about. Give me the Chargers under 19 and a half on Sunday night football. I already primetime games already tend to go under as is. I just don't see how against this 49ers defense, the Chargers are going to get anything going. This is a non-conference road spot. A lot of bad things for the Chargers here in this in this side of things. No fans for them, even though they're on their own in their own state. No fans for them are going to show up to this game at all. So, yeah, same total under for the L.A. Chargers under 19 and a half. Scott, what are your plays? So for my overall total, I'm going to go with the Monday night game. I'm going to take the Commanders and Eagles under 44. I don't see Washington doing much, and I do think that Washington's defense is decent enough to keep Philly in check. It's really just the second quarter where Philly scores most of their points. The second half, they really have not been that good offensively, and I think that they're going to want it to run the ball, reestablish their identity, and I think that Washington can limit them maybe to some field goals. So give me the under 44 there. And for my actual team total, I'm going to go international to Germany. I'm going to take the Buccaneers team total under 23 and a half. This number is absurdly high. To go through their scores this season, these are the points that they've scored. 19, 20, 12, 31 against the Chiefs. 21, 18, 3, 22, 16. That means they've scored less than 22. They scored less than 23 points in eight of their first nine games this season. And now they face off against Seattle team that's actually been playing decent defense lately as the Seahawks have allowed less than 25 points, less than uh, 24 points in each of their last four games. Tampa can't move the ball. Every passing play is a check down. They can't, they don't space, they don't space anything out. Everything, every scoring drive has to be 15 plays, 80 yards. That's just how they run their offense. Give me their under. 23 and a half is crazy for a team that has scored less than that number in eight of nine games and now has to travel internationally and battle some jet lag and other variables there. I I can't. Give me the under 23 and a half for a team total. All right. Hey, you gave out your regular total, right? What was your yeah, I got the total? under in Monday night. I got the under yeah. in the Eagles uh, commanders again. All right. Everybody, make sure you subscribe. Subscribe, like, comment, review, all everything for the NFL Gambling Podcast. He's at Rush on Radio. I'm at Really Real underscore underscore. Make sure you tap into the entire network. He's got tennis, tennis going on. I've got, we both got NBA, NBA, college football, college basketball, both picking up steam. We just started the college basketball season, so we got stuff going on from college football, the college experience, college football experience, college basketball experience, tennis gambling podcast, all this stuff. Make sure you tap into everything in the network. Other than that, Scott, anything else for people before we got to go? No, not really. Uh, looking forward to the NFL. Looking forward to the NBA. I know usually you have a two for Tuesday when we end up doing podcasts, but of course there are no NBA games, so instead we got just the NFL. But we'll be back for the rest of the week in the NBA. Should be fun, and let's make some money. All right, let's do it. Other than that, still no idea how I'm in the podcast, so we're going to end it like this. We are out of here. <laughs>